Hey guys, thanks for joining me here on Faith and Failures. If you have any questions or comments, remember on Twitter and Instagram, you can use the hashtag Faith and Failures to stay connected. Today, I probably got one of the best gifts I had in a while. My son's grandfather on my ex-wife's side came by and gave me toilet paper. And it was the best thing I've had since Christmas. And it really, really tugged in my heartstrings. Um, but today with me, I have a very special guest. And he has physically abused me <laughs> throughout the years. And uh, I think by law, he's allowed to because he's my father. In all states except one. Yeah. So... You're my father in all states except one? Yeah, I'm not in Hawaii. Or it's legal. Um, I've never been there. I heard it's nice. I haven't. So we went to visit my my pastor at my church today, and he was he got a, um, what is it called? A pacemaker put in. And the pacemaker, he said his doctor had Tourette's. <laughs> he said his doctor would be cutting on him and go, Arr, Arr, <laughs> <laughs> And then while he was getting cut on, because he couldn't be put under because he ate before he went and he didn't realize he was going to have to get anesthesia and you can't eat like 24 hours before. And so he's, he's kind of numbed up, but he said he, he still felt a lot. And while he's getting cut on, he said he looks over and there's a group of people getting trained and people watching the procedure and he notices a girl is leaning on another girl in front of her. Nurse trainee. And she had passed out from watching. <laughs> and Pastor said that he looked over and he said, uh, I think your girl over there's passed out. Everyone at the same time turned their heads and looked. And uh, they were like, there's a room full of trained specialists and nobody recognized that somebody had passed out. <laughs> so they were cutting on him and working on him. While they had her laying down at his feet, and they were try, trying to bring her back, and uh, so it was a full day for him altogether. But uh, that was just a funny little story that I wanted to tell, because uh, <laughs> he said the guy kept going. <laughs> and uh, I don't know how I'd respond to that kind of situation, but so... <laughs> So, um, my guest today is my father. He is uh, probably, to switch gears a little bit from laughing to being serious, probably one of my uh, biggest heroes, because um, which I'll talk about in another podcast, but he was, uh, he was there for me when I was in probably, not probably, the lowest time of my life, and uh, even though he showed me tough love, he still, he still supported me through, through everything. And so, um, but today, the question and the title of this podcast is going to be, Is Healing Real? And the reason I wanted to have him on the show is because I wanted to, he is a testimony firsthand of many experiences growing, uh, throughout his early ministry and the ministry that he has now. And uh, tell the people, hi, Father. Hi, Father. <laughs> Um. <laughs> I had to twist his arm and threaten his life pretty much. It's been many, many years since I've done a radio interview or anything like this, for sure. 
So um, in your early ministry, before you actually, now I don't know the time frame. So you, you went on the road, and then you told God if you're going to pray for people to be healed, or you were about to go in ministry, you felt the call. Like Touch on that a little bit of what the, uh, the time frame and, and how it all kind of unfolded. Well, I was probably getting close to the 20-year-old mark, maybe a little older than that. And a couple of years ago. Yeah, a couple. Well, 20, yeah, 15 years ago, something like that. And um, I knew that if I was going to be an evangelist, I was going to be laying on hands on many sick people, and especially with eye problems. And I had worn glasses for nearsightedness ever since the fourth grade. And so I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, if you uh, are going to be helping me to pray for sick people with eye problems, then I'd like for you to just heal mine. I took my glasses off, put them in the top drawer of my dresser, and just left it at that. And uh, didn't really have any problems seeing at a distance anymore. Didn't Wouldn't say there was a bells went off in a miraculous healing, but just uh, put the glasses in the top drawer. And... Uh, uh, years late, years later, went to an eye doctor cause the insurance I had required it to get a, uh, eye test. And the lady took my eye test and well, you don't need glasses except your left eyes is a little weak, but you don't need glasses. And that was a doctor verification after all those years that I didn't need any kind of, uh, uh, correction, uh, for nearsightedness like I'd had as a younger fella. So that was just one of the first times that I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that God was in the healing business. I knew it, but that was personal. So that's why I kind of invited you. To, I really wanted you to do this podcast with me because in this launching phase, uh, I want to do some very serious topics about. Uh, so the, my vision behind this podcast, just to kind of give you a little forewarning of what this is going to be. This is not going to be a podcast for believers only. This is going to be a podcast where people who don't believe or are questioning who God is, um, I want this podcast to be a light to those who believe and those who don't or on the fence or have doubts. And um, so a big thing that people talk about that they don't really understand, and it's something that you can't really wrap your your physical mind around as a spiritual place, a spiritual existence, uh, a healing, a supernatural. Uh, we, we love to see it on movies, but we don't really understand it, and we don't really think because it's in Hollywood that it can be a real part of your life. And this podcast is about those things are real and they do exist and God is real and he does exist and his presence is um, is evident in so many aspects and I, I just want this podcast to unfold and kind of shine a light on that. So uh, one, th- one thing about healing that people may not understand is the fact that healing can be instantaneously done or it can be a gradual thing. Uh, healing is the completion of a process that can begin. Uh, God has different ways of doing it. He can do it instantly, or he can just do it over a period of time. Uh, some say, well, he has to use doctors to do it. He can, but he doesn't have to use doctors. He didn't use anybody to create the world. Why does he have to use anybody to do anything else? But uh, some have said that healing has stopped when all the apostles died off. That was the last of it. Well, you done waited too late to tell me that because uh, – I had rheumatoid arthritis, severe rheumatoid arthritis, and uh, God healed me of that, and I haven't had it since. That was in my late 30s, and I'm a little bit older than that now. Not much, but a little bit. And this, yeah. to add to this, the rheumatoid arthritis thing was not something that he is that he is telling the story of. 
and that I'm listening to and and taking it in. This is a, a story that he's telling that I'm a part of because I remember uh, just to kind of strip bare of, of the whole circumstance. Remember my dad putting and my dad was not a man that you know showed that he was weak. If if he had a younger guy come up trying to do something, he was going to outdo him, <laughs> which is probably a part of his shoulder and back problems now. <laughs> But he would put a, a blanket over his head, and he would, kind of like Job in the Bible, would would cry out asking God, what have I done? And I remember watching my dad, the man that, my dad could beat up anybody else's dad. My dad, my dad was the one that I would threaten other kids with that were picking on me at school because my dad was going to handle business. And, I, and trying to get him up out of the chair with my mom. Uh, to get him to the bathroom so that he could go because he couldn't raise himself. He couldn't button his own shirt. This is not something, and we are talking about physical healing at this very moment, but it's also a a spiritual and emotional and physical healing that is possible because through all this, um, there was a lot of emotions, a lot of spiritual questions that you had. I, I'm sure, like, God, why me? God, why, what have I done to, to desert, or what have I done wrong that you would put <laughs> this kind of judgment on my physical body? Not only that, but it was a time that I was pastoring a church, and I had some of Job's friends come by. A couple came by the church and just pretty well told me if I didn't have sin in my life, I wouldn't be going through this, and that I needed to repent of something. And I told them point blank, I said, look, ever since this started, I've been asking God what I need to repent of, and anything I do, I repent of it right now. I don't want to do it again. And so, you know, uh, but they were with an accusation uh, pointing towards me saying, well, I must have sin in my life to be the fact that I'm going through such an ordeal. Uh, the pain was unbearable. It was just constant pain. Medicine would put me to sleep for a couple hours, but as soon as I'd wake up, the pain would be right back. And I got weaker and weaker and weaker day by day and finally got to a point that I thought, well, I'll just give up. I'll, Lord, if, it, if you want me to live this way, I'll just do it. And my thinking took on that kind of a, a verbiage, if you want to play, uh, say that, in my mind when the church had asked me if they could pray for me. And I was sitting on the altar at the front with a bunch of people around me from the church. And they on a Sunday morning service, and they were praying for me, getting ready to pray for me. And I had just thought that, Lord, if you want me to give up, I'll just give up. And one of our dear ladies named Betty, and she put her hand on uh, my forehead and said, Lord, don't let him give up. And she said that at the moment in my mind, I just thought that, Lord, I'll just give up. And uh, that moment I said, I'm not giving up. I hear you, Lord. I hear that message loud and clear. You used this Presbyterian lady to tell it to me, but I hear it loud and clear. And I'm not giving up. And so I started believing for healing from that point. And, and God did miraculously heal me. I've not had rheumatoid arthritis since then. And no evidence of it at no, all? No evidence of it. The doctors couldn't believe Can you give your story of what the doctors said? Well, the rheumatologist uh, said at first, well, you're not, you're not hurting in the joints? No. Your fingers? No. Knees? No. Ankles? Toes? No. And he's got me up on the table, and he's a young uh, intellectual young doctor, and he says, well, I must have misdiagnosed this then. I said, Doc, there's been a lot of people praying for me all over this world, all the way around the globe. I get emails of preachers I didn't even know in other countries telling me they're praying for me. And he said, well, I don't guess it would hurt. It, it don't hurt? Look at me. I'm an example. It didn't hurt. It, it, God did it for me. Make a long story short, though, uh, while I, w I went in the hospital because I couldn't even get out of bed one morning, 
and and my wife decided to take me to the hospital. I was well at that time, and he put me he put me in the hospital for a couple three days. But while I was there, I got better in just a couple of days, just where I could get it, get in and out of a wheelchair. And I, I went down to the chapel in the hospital, told the nurses I was going down there. It was Wednesday night, and my church was having church, and I was going to go have church myself. So I got in the chapel, and I had about three or four little tiny pews in that little tiny room in that research hospital in Kansas City. And there was a young lady sitting up on the front pew, and I could tell she was weeping. And, but she was, you know, praying quietly and I knelt, got out of the wheelchair and knelt down by the back seat. And when I got up, the Holy Spirit said, don't leave yet. And so I turned around and sat in the pew two or three minutes later, uh, she gets up out of the front pew and comes back close to where I'm sitting and get ready to go out the door. And I said, ma'am, is there something I can help you pray about? And so she just turned and sitting right in front of me and started just unfolding her life to me. A year ago, she had lost her baby. She hadn't got over that yet. Her boyfriend had been shot, and he was upstairs in emergency surgery. Her life was falling apart. And I finally got to the point. I said, ma'am, have you ever accepted Jesus as your Savior? And she said, no, I haven't. I said, would you like to? She said, sure, I would. And so right there on those two pews, Research Hospital in Kansas City, Missouri, after all the tremendous pain I went through, I helped a young black lady come to the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior. And when she left the room, I told the Lord, I said, Lord, if if I had to suffer this pain to get here to help her get to you, it was worth it all. And so that's the way I've always felt about it. It it was a painful experience, and it was a trial I'd never been through before in my life. But in the midst of that trial, the Lord helped me to lead somebody to him, and that was worth it all. Do you have any stories of when you went on the evangelistic field— do you have any stories that come to mind that are to stand out in your mind from about healing in any of those? Well, when I was a young evangelist, I was still, uh, I hadn't really started full time at that time. I had a, a gospel singing group and we were preaching a revival and singing in a Baptist church up in S- Southern Missouri. And it was packed every night. And uh, this dad brought his little seven, eight year old boy up to the front for prayer and he was blind in his right eye and deaf in his left ear. And God instantly, I mean, instantly opened both of them. I mean, there was no question about it. Everybody there saw it happen and, and experienced the same thing that he did. And so, uh, I mean, that's the first real miracle like that that I ever remember seeing as a young man. And from that point, uh, week after week, revival after revival, we'd have someone testify of some kind of a healing or some kind of a miracle that had happened in their life. Um, trying to think of some others. One guy came up to me a year after I prayed for him, and it wasn't me, but, I mean, it was a year after God had performed it. Uh, he had had a hole in his heart, and he went to the doctor the next day after the revival service, and, and I didn't come back for a year, and, and he came to me and asked me or said, I, th- I think you'd like to know this. And I, you remember praying for me a year ago? I said, yes, but I don't remember what the problem was, and he told me. He said, I went to the doctor the next day and said they verified that the hole was gone. And so, you know, just case after case like that, uh, and it didn't always have to be in church. I had a young man come and get me to take, go pray for his son, which was about two years old that had a hole in his eardrum. And he took him to the doctor, and the doctor said, well, there's no hole in that eardrum. And God had healed that little two-year-old boy just instantly, hole in his eardrum. And uh, so... I mean, when it comes to healing, when Jesus died on the cross, he did it for our salvation. 
But the scripture teaches us in Isaiah and in the book of Peter, one of the books, uh, writings of Peter, that by his stripes we are healed or were healed, as Peter said, uh, meaning that part of the uh, price that was paid was for healing. And uh, I'm not sure where people got the idea that Jesus stopped all that when the last apostle died, because many teach that. But it's very evident today he still heals. He still works miracles. Matter of fact, uh, I've been doing a lot of listening late, lately to old-time, uh, as they used to call them, healing evangelists in the 40s, 50s, and 60s, even before I was born. And many of them had miracles that was unexplainable, but they could only explain them as a miracle because there was nothing, and God made something out of it. There was bones that were missing, and God would put bones back, or eyeballs missing, or pupils missing, and God would put full working eyeballs again in people's, uh, uh, even children, you know, in, in, in their head and making them work again. I mean, we shouldn't really have problem believing that if God created the earth, he can do anything. And for those of you listening, if maybe you actually stumbled upon this podcast and you really don't know a lot of the phrasing, <laughs> some of these are church words, um, stuff like e- evangelist, uh, they are ministers, preachers, of the gospel that travel from church to church. They don't have necessarily a, they're not a pastor of a church. They travel from church to church and they don't have their own congregation. They come and minister uh, underneath the leadership of the pastor that is the preacher that's at that church. You may not know what revival means. You may know what the actual translation means of the word, but revival is something that the evangelical church kind of brings into uh, to call like a week of a evangelist, or it can even be the pastor, but most of the time it's a special speaker that comes in, and they uh, for Sunday through Wednesday, Sunday through Saturday, or several weeks, and they call that a revival. It's a revival of the spirit, a revival of the people to uh, want something that once was dead to now be revived and to come alive again. And so that's the whole point. It's kind of like a, a church pep rally <laughs> in a way. Uh, you have healings like you just preached a revival this last week. Touch on that. What was some of the stories of the... I know uh, Tristan, my son, his great-grandfather has been having pains for the past five months. He guessed it's in his kidneys. It's kind of in the back back hind quarters right there. <laughs> and uh, he said he was praying for someone else who came up praying for that needed prayer for their kidneys, and he instantly was healed, and the pain left his own body while he was praying for somebody else, which I think is amazing. You're not even praying for yourself or getting prayer, and God does it anyways. And uh, that's just a testament of who God is. But uh, what were some of the other people came to the front? Well, I, wasn't, the, I wasn't there all week. I was just there for a couple it, of nights. Yeah, there was, there was a lady that came forward uh, uh, one night. The Lord had spoke to me about somebody's pancreas, just right. I, I wasn't even sure which lady. Well, I knew it was a lady, but uh, the night before, God spoke to me about somebody's pancreas. And this uh, lady in the church uh, came to me the next day when I was at the church. The pastor and I was there, and she was talking to us about it. She said, "You mentioned pancreas. Says my pancreas is out of whack, and I got diabetes." And says, uh, "I've been asking the Lord for a sign." And said, "Then you spoke about pancreas." Uh, she said the uh, next few days that she checked her sugar levels, which pancreas affects the di- uh, diabetes or uh, the sugar levels in our bloodstream. But she had checked them the next two or three days during during the rest of that revival, and she said she ate what she wanted, and all the sugar levels were exactly normal. So she believed God had healed her pancreas and gave her a new one if necessary. What's God is able to do that? 
course, that's only her testimony. I'm, I'm waiting to hear back that her doctors have verified it as well. Cause that's when, that's when you know it for a fact, it's not just a, 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 a temporary thing, but it's actually healed completely when a doctor says, okay, you don't have it anymore. There's been people down through the years that God has healed cancer of, uh, and, uh, I'm not talking about with radiation. I'm talking about just miraculously healing it and let it be gone. Like my rheumatoid arthritis, it was gone. No longer there. Never has been since. And case after case, divine healing. When we say divine, we mean it comes only from God, not from medicine, but God. And, uh, yes, medicine helps people. And I'm not against medicine. Uh, doctors do what they can. Uh, and many of them are very intelligent and God's give them, uh, a lot of uh, insight into the body because they study it so. But but when the bottom line is, even if a doctor gives you medicine, it's got to be God that actually makes that body heal, whether it's the process of the medicine getting it in a certain direction or just just total healing. And we know all of us know, too, that things like chemotherapy and radiation, stuff like that, really don't necessarily heal a cancer. It may put it in uh, well, remission, as they call it. But uh, it, it's, I'm sure it's helped many, but, uh, but I've seen many cases, too. It didn't help them that only God could do the, a miracle. Now, a miracle in the, in the realm of healing is usually uh, something that's not, it's not always a, uh, a drawn-out process, although it can be, but sometimes it's instantaneous. It can be instant. And, uh, uh, you know, whatever we're praying for in our bodies God designed our bodies, and who, who who better to go to than the design of our bodies to ask Him for help or healing or a miracle in our bodies? So I I, I want to leave you with a challenge, kind of a uh, in thought. I've heard a lot of people saying I've never seen it, so how can I believe it? Well, there's a lot of things that we haven't seen with our own eyes that we have not experienced with our own bodies and and thoughts we haven't had, but. To, to just blanket it and say that because we haven't seen it or we haven't experienced it ourselves, it doesn't exist. And there's a lot of things that are reality that I've never seen a million dollars. Not yet, hopefully. <laughs> but I know that it is real and that it exists because other people have experienced it. And you've never seen your brain, and it may not exist, but still well, it's supposed to. It's yet to be determined, but I'm having faith. So be open to uh, the Lord speaking to you. You're not going to find the questions you may have if healing is real, if God is real, uh, did Jesus really, did all these things of the disciples, did they really happen to these actual facts? You're not going to find the answers in the world. You're going to find them in the Word of God. And it is the living Word of God, which means that as you read it, it can come, al- it can and it will come alive to you. Well, some of our greatest examples of healing came when Jesus walked the earth. The blind man, or more than one blind man, one named Bartimaeus in particular, uh, the woman with the issue of blood for 12 years, uh, a young lady had died. He resurrected her on and on and on. The list goes on and on. Lazarus came forth from the tomb. He'd been dead for four days and yet Jesus resurrected him. So he is our example of healing and miracles and he was the son of God, but he's still alive. And if he's still alive, why can't he still do miracles, which he can and does still does. But it, it takes us accepting the, the fact that he can do it. And, uh, you know, ask him, uh, never be scared. Like I, I'm a youth pastor and I drill into my youth. Never be afraid to question God. He is the ultimate answer. He's not scared of your questions. 
If you read through Psalms, you will hear <laughs> the psalmist and a bunch of other people questioning God and not even understanding what's happening. Uh, we talked about Job earlier. They were questioning God. Like that's you, you question to find the truth. So don't don't be afraid to question. Thanks for listening to Faith and Failures. Feel free to download this episode, share it with your friends, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.